welcome to Chill Pill. My name is Emma Ives, and I am the creator slash host of this fabulous podcast. I created this podcast since I love all things medicine. I love reading about it. I love talking about it. And my roommates were getting kind of sick and tired of hearing about it. I'm not a medical professional, so I'll never give any advice on the medical stuff. Please seek out your primary care physician for advice. I will link all my sources in the description, as well as mention them throughout the podcast. It's been about one year since I took my Generation RX class, got inspired to make a podcast, made said podcast, and aired my first episode about antidepressants and the media. And it's been quite a year. It's also been about a year since COVID-19 started gaining massive media attention, so we have that going for us. If this is your first time here, hello! Welcome to the Chill Pill birthday episode. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you for sticking with me. A year ago, I set out with the goal to just kick around ideas with my fellow peers in the health sciences, as well as inspire further dialogue in the field of pharmacy. Over the past year, I've discussed plenty of topics, including antibiotic resistance, old wives' tales, awesome women scientists, and my personal favorite, medicine in outer space. I've also had two guests on my podcast, Emma Picked, discussing medieval science, and Noelle Wallace, discussing food and vitamins. My podcast has gained its own theme song, art, and social media pages, and has improved as I've gotten better at writing, recording, and editing. Also, my new microphone has helped a lot. In honor of my anniversary, I've decided to revisit an old topic, medicine and pharmacy in the media. There is so much more to discuss on this topic as more and more media is being consumed every day. In this episode, I'll revisit some topics discussed in my first episode, as well as bring in new ideas surrounding drugs and music. Music is one of the most accessible forms of media individuals have today. Similar to the first record albums, streaming services like Apple Music and Spotify allow people to take their music with them wherever they go, and share it with others. Music also allows the artists to share their thoughts and feelings about particular topics with their fans, who might also relate. Both medications and drugs are discussed by artists to convey feelings, influencing their audience ideas surrounding them. According to a study done by Adam Rathbone and Radine Karimi, after listening to 2,240 songs streamed through Apple Music, they found that about 4.8% of the songs referenced medications or drugs with most references being toward illicit drug substances. Based on our discussion on antidepressants, openly discussing medication, especially one for a long-term condition, is stigmatized. A whopping 0.3% of songs in this study reference medications, reflecting society's attitudes toward discussing topics like mental health and treatment. In 2020, Lady Gaga released her amazing album, Chromatica, Why am I talking about this here? A, because I love Lady Gaga, and B, she is in the minority of those who chose to write a song about medication. The song 911, the eighth song on the album, discusses Gaga's personal experience taking antipsychotics. She differs from the normal trend surrounding medication references as she is discussing it in terms of being a legitimate medication. According to the same study, a majority of medication and drug references are done via nicknames, which could imply medications are being mixed with other products and being used illegitimately. Lady Gaga chooses to refer to it as popping a 911, which holds a legitimate use connotation. Both medication and drug references carry strong emotional connections, with most references to medications carrying a message of weakness and sadness. She describes in an interview with Vogue that the music video for the song is the poetry of pain. 
As denoted by the refrain, can't see me cry and my biggest enemy is me, she discusses the frustration of having to rely on something else to function normally. This is a similar idea we explored when talking about antidepressants. Prescribers often struggle with medication adherence and recovery from mental illness due to the overwhelming media messages stating, taking medication for mental health is weakness. This makes complete sense, as we are a society that reflects what we see everyone else do. However, the other side of this coin is we are seeing a high-profile celebrity talking about their medication-taking experience and all of the feelings that go with it. This normalizes the discussion of long-term medication and potentially influences how others might open up. The study by Adam Rathbone and Radine Karimi brings up the point that pharmacologically active substances are also socially active substances, conveying meaning and context between musicians and listeners. And sometimes these illusions are obvious. We all know who Tom Petty is referring to in Mary Jane's Last Dance, and which pill makes you larger in Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. These references are to substances that provoke the emotions that prevent sadness and make you feel good. Drug and medication references are also used as metaphors for other feelings such as being in love, being happy, or just being sad. Drug and drug references have been ingrained in music as far back as the Jadis age in the 1930s. In fact, from a 2013 study, country music averages about 1.6 drug mentions per song, with rock and roll coming in about one per song. And the most popular reference in all music surveyed in this study was marijuana. drug or medication references in a song are directly or indirectly related to addiction. A person singing uses addiction as a means to convey dependence on or wanting to feel independence from something. The connotations of all these songs range from feelings of euphoria and pleasure surrounding this addiction to the dangers and withdrawals of addiction. No more is this apparent than in Macklemore's Drug Dealer. It is not a secret that the opioid crisis claims 74 Americans every day from drug-related overdoses. State News broke down the song line by line, which I'll not do here, you can go read their article, which is incredibly fascinating. The most poignant part of the song to me is the chorus, where he references that his drug dealer was a doctor. We have discussed in the past how the overprescription of antibiotics has led to a rise in antibiotic-resistant diseases. Overprescription is not just limited to antibiotics. It's in all areas of drug research and prescribing. The main root of this problem is we are a society that loves its one-size-fits-all solutions. We love our quick fixes and our 24 hours a day, 7 days a week conveniences. Also, I want to clarify that when I say society, I'm including pharmacists, physicians, and other healthcare providers. They're not above the problem. They are part of society too. The problem stems from patients not being completely honest about symptoms, medication, or not understanding exactly how long medication takes. It also stems from physicians not conveying the necessary information on medication, not understanding what other medications the patient is taking, or feeling pressure to prescribe. Why do songs like Macklemore's matter? They show negatives of addiction and the struggle many individuals go through to get clean and get treatment. Just like we as a society do not like discussing mental health, the discussion of addiction brings about a negative connotation. As we discussed in my previous episode on antidepressants, this is in part due to the media's influence on the world around us. According to a study conducted by the WHO, addiction is one of the most stigmatizing conditions. A statement on the media from DeNova states that the media portrays drug use as a choice and that people choose not to control it. 
This perpetuates the idea that addiction is a choice, which makes individuals and the people around them less likely to believe in getting help and getting treatment. Addiction is when a person loses the ability to make choices regarding usage and they're now psychologically and physiologically dependent on the substance. There are ways to change this way of thinking, though. One is through discussing and portraying it accurately in the media we consume, like TV, books, and music, which is where Macklemore's song comes in. Another way is to change how we report on it. Words carry so much power with them. Instead of using use, abuse, and dependence interchangeably, use them only in situations in which they apply. It's also important to focus on all aspects of the disease instead of just drug-related crime or legal consequences. So, portrayals matter. That much is obvious when it comes to music related to drugs or TV shows on antidepressants. But as pharmacists and future pharmacists, we should be aware of what our patients may or may not know about their medication or health in general. The media has the ability to make a positive or negative impact on societal knowledge. Low rates of health literacy in the United States are a growing concern for many doctors, as well as the low rates of science literacy. That was one of the reasons I created this podcast, to contribute to the accessible science and health media out there, but also to broaden my own horizons in the field of pharmacy. This podcast has opened doors to so many fields I knew absolutely nothing about. It has also helped me decide that I want to be a non-traditional pharmacist, which is just a fancy way of saying that I want to work for NASA. Scratch that. That's a fancy way of saying that I will work for NASA someday. To all my listeners out there, thank you for giving me people to talk to and new avenues to explore. To my roommates, Katie Schuyler, Dan, Leah, and Emma, here's to hoping you'll never get sick and tired of what I have to say. To my mom and dad, my biggest contributors, thank you for all the topic suggestions and feedback. Happy birthday, Chill Pill. Let's do this again next year. I am not a medical professional, so please consult your primary care physician for advice if you were intrigued by anything you heard today. I do all my own research, and my sources are linked in the description, so please give all those scientists your love. The intro music was done by Cooper Wood, and the artwork was done by me, you can follow me on Twitter at CP underscore capital with Emma Ives and Instagram at, at chillpill with Emma Ives. Thanks for listening to Chill Pill, and remember, be kind and wear a mask. <laughs>